Welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane. Today is November 7th, and with me as always is Laura Zatz. Say hello, Laura. Hello, Laura. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're just getting off it to a great start. We've got a great episode for you guys today. Uh, Before we get to it, though, Laura, how about the basic housekeeping? Awesome. Okay, folks, so this past Thursday, we launched our first query show. I think it went pretty well. It was pretty fun. I think it went really well. We were able to get in about 45, 50 minutes. We were able to get through three queries. Uh, So we wanted to let everybody know that our show next month will be using selections from the queries we didn't get through but also the new queries that we have submitted to us between now and next month we are going to try to get if you sent us something we do want to get to it like that's our very much our intent so obviously we weren't able to get to every query that was sent to us but our plan is to address all of them absolutely so if you didn't hear your query then tune in next month in december yeah Uh, The only thing to keep in mind, though, is that our December episodes will be the first episodes that are Patreon only. Yep. You're going to have to sign up. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) except very fortunately, because that kind of feedback you normally have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars at a conference for. Oh, We're going to talk about conferences a little later. We will. We'll talk about just how valuable the conference experience is in a little bit. Uh, So that's our first thing. So if you haven't given our query episode a listen, you totally should, even if you're not querying because I think we were in great form. Yeah. Uh, November 17th, which is, gosh, is that next Thursday? Yeah, next, next Thursday. Next Thursday, we, were go- we are going to be doing our first Pages podcast. So that's going to be where we are going through and we're critiquing the first page of submissions that were sent to us. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about that because that's when we're going to be able to get into the nitty gritty of what causes us to request more of a manuscript and keep reading yes. or turn it down. Because right. normally if we turn something down in the first page, you get a form rejection. Or let's be honest, if we turn down anything, you basically get a form rejection. <laughs> so we're going to go into what that form rejection might mean. Uh, and that November 17th episode will be open and free to the public. And then it won't be until December that it's for our Patreon subscribers. Subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah. So I mean, I, last thing is just kind of my weekly reminder that if you're enjoying the show and think it's you know think it's fun and are having a good time with it, uh, go on iTunes and you know review us. Uh, let us know how you think we're doing. It takes thirty seconds and it makes all the difference to us as we try to climb the faceless iTunes algorithm up the chart for literature stuff. It's um, almost as bad as the Amazon algorithm. <laughs> it is. Plus plus I saw today that the Guardian released some list of like the 10 best book podcasts you should be listening to and we were let's just say there was an omission on the list um, that we are hoping to, you know I've I've written them several several angry angry tweets. You're just it. hungry, aren't you, Eric? <laughs> So anyway, uh, review us. We'd love we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Except and, unless you don't like us, oh, and you, then we don't want to hear your if thoughts. You don't, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. If you don't like us, just come like haunt me on the internet. That, that's <laughs> perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, so big week though. Yes. It's the election tomorrow. Oh my God. It's time, huh? 
it's time. We made it. 18 months of this and we're here. Yep. So tomorrow night, Eric and I and our significant others and maybe a few others uh, will be gathering Eating copious amounts of cheese and drinking. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna eat anything. I'm mostly just gonna drink because you're gonna eat cheese. <laughs> Let's be real. The cheese consumption was is to be determined. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna eat cheese and we're gonna drink lots of bourbon. I might not speak the whole night. I'm prepared for that. That's like mo- usually my mo with this kind of stuff. Like during the debates or during this, it's mostly me just like sitting there silently fuming at whatever's on TV because whoever it is that's talking on television, I usually like strongly dislike. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be a nice, healthy night for all of us, for American democracy, for each other, for our, all of our personal relationships. It's, our it's friendship be... might not be intact by the end of the night because I'm going to make a joke and Eric's not oh going to laugh God. and then it's just going to be over. The odds of me like lashing out at someone in my own home and then like sitting there in uncomfortable silence silence for the next like 17 minutes, it's it's real high. It's it's going to be good. I'm, I'm a delight at parties, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever get invited to something that I am attending. Um, Don't go. Yeah, just I don't know what to tell you. Um, but it, it's going to be good. It's I'm excited be... for that. But to be honest, Eric, I'm the most excited for actually voting. I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because you get to go and you get to stand in line at the polls and you get to like be in the fresh fall air and you get to not be working. Yeah, nothing says the American dream like standing in a bureaucratic line all day. Right? And instead of working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, instead yeah. of doing your duty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that'll be good. I'm gonna get up and try to go real early. Go vote, folks. See, look, look how, look how politically aware we are here on Print Run. We are encouraging the people to go vote. This is great. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I'm most excited about not working. Yeah. Um, which brings to mind another person who's not been working. Yeah, he this week. he hasn't been working. And you know this this is this is important. I think before you, before you tell the people who it is, um, because. We used to get mad about fun things in the world, and now and then this election happened, and we all had to get mad about this, and we lost sight. We 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 took our eye off the ball, you know, and we lost sight of getting mad at the one thing that really matters, which is George R. R. Martin not writing the book we all need him to be writing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So he's not. What's this new one called? Does it matter because he's not writing it? No, I mean it could be called anything. He's. I mean the amount of books he's not writing right now is. I mean it's technically infinite. Yeah, that's true. So George R. R. Martin has been spending this week campaigning, <laughs> campaigning for Hillary Clinton instead of writing. Um, yeah. Which you know, you were saying earlier that you were excited that after this election we can just return to. Oh yeah, being we can go. Ra- we him. can return to badgering him about stuff. Yeah, that was right. that was way better use but, of my time. But he's still not writing this week. Right. Just like I'm not going to be working tomorrow. <laughs> And so I, I, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe the reason that he's not writing this week and he's actively campaigning. Maybe it's not uh, the book we think it is. Maybe it's not the book we think he is. Maybe he just doesn't want to be writing a medieval dystopia right now because he's actually trying to make that only happen in fiction. Yeah. yeah not something, something not in like real that. life. Yeah. Something like that. Man. Ugh. He's. Yeah. He needs to get back to work. Yep. He's not really writing. Much just, of anything. I just know that as soon as as soon as this election is done, I'm going to return to hating all the things and people that I used to hate um, back before I had to turn my ire um, towards the entire political process. And George, who I mean, we don't hate George, 
We love George. That's the problem. We're having a very hard time with George because he's like a difficult family member. <laughs> we hate to love him and we love <laughs> to hate him. You're welcome on the show anytime. Anytime, George. I'm sure he'll take us up on that. Except right. when you need to be writing because we want that book. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Um, this is not the only national nightmare happening right now this week, is it? Laura. Uh, I don't know, Eric. You should tell me more. <laughs> I'm very there's worried also, about what you're going to be saying right now. There's <laughs> also the other horrible, timely national nightmare that we're all dealing with is, of course, NaNoWriMo. National Novel Writing Month. It's November. We're all dealing with it. We're in the thick of it. It's going great. We're seven days in. I'm sure everyone is feeling really good about their manuscripts. So this is the first. You're doing NaNo, if I'm not mistaken. I am doing it. You no, are writing I, a novel. You are finishing your novel for National Novel Writing Month. Yes, yeah, I can't even. So I'm I'm really bad because I can't even like write a novel during National Novel Writing Month. I have to like finish one that was like already mostly done. And I'm probably like not going to because I'm like as distractible as a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that'll be good. It's you know, NaNoWriMo mostly serves as like a benchmark of shame for me because it's like, oh, everyone's like, like I sent out a tweet today, and I was like, hey, how's it all going? Hoping, hoping that most people would come back and be like, oh man, I didn't write today. You know, it didn't, it wasn't good. I was hoping to kind of like revel in some internet negativity to make mm. me feel better about myself and like i sent that out and like the first response was someone being like i've written twenty two thousand words in seven days and what? i was like i quit <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of words for seven days oh so th that was disappointing yeah i'm sorry i mean i know i know you're used okay so if if you haven't tuned into the show a lot before and you haven't you know stalked eric on the internet please, um please don't do that here's the thing Eric works at home alone and gets very lonely. So it's just him and his Venus flytrap. I've got a Venus flytrap. Yeah. Yep. So it's just him and his Venus flytrap. Uh, and and they, you know, they spend a lot of time alone. And Nano is just this wonderful way to, to take the solitary act of writing and turn it social. Yeah. Except the, the social part is just making me feel bad about myself. Like yeah. I just kind of like hate how bad I – or. It's not that I hate how bad I am at writing. It's I hate how few words per day I write. It's like people have these word counts per day that just are I find to be completely overwhelming. Like what? Like what? What is your word count? Well, I don't know. When I'm like cooking, when I'm really going, yeah. and I'm like feeling feeling awesome about it. I prefer to write like this is going to get me. It's going to be left out of the room. But I like to write like twelve hundred words a day. That's a significant which is like, amount which of is like words. Four, well, I, I think of that as like four pages, four book pages. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that a book is really like, you know, eighty to one hundred and ten thousand words. Sure. Yeah, so, but that also doesn't account for like all the times I don't write twelve hundred words and instead like send out a bunch of tweets about nothing instead, <laughs> um, which is good. Um, I'm a, I'm a real professional. It's 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 all very healthy. Um, it's honestly worth like it's interesting because you approach it as a writer, um, but you also end up approaching, you know, for our actual jobs, which is as an agent, which can make this month kind of a or the next month, I guess, more of a hairy situation. Yeah. So I love like as an agent, I am absolutely not a writer. I don't enjoy the act of writing. I like judging other people's writing. Made a career oh, out of it. You're a real judgy. I am. Uh 
I love nano for what it does for people. I love that my authors will say, okay, what book am I writing this November? And then they'll write me a book and then I'll have something to sell and I'll have a job. Um, but what I don't love about nano Eric Mm -hmm. is December because guess what (laughs) happens in December? December 1st rolls around and you haven't been an agent. Everybody, everybody's been writing their novel. Now it's done. And guess what? Eric hasn't been an agent in December yet. I haven't yet, no. But I mean, I don't know if you're going to skip this because technically the agency is closed to queries this month or next month. That was strategic. But come November or December 1st, we get a whole bunch of emails saying, Just finished. Just finished this nano manuscript. And then I'm just sitting there saying, okay, how about maybe we turn December into what were you calling it? Oh, I was calling it, yeah. So we needed a we needed to call December something to get people to not turn in to turn in their manuscripts that have been hastily written in a month in order to adhere to what society is saying they need to write their novel within. Um, so we need to make we need to have National Novel Editing Month. We should nano make Edmo. So, so nano Nano Edmo. Oh no! Excuse December. me. Hashtag Nano Edmo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with like capital letters and like a 2016, so that I can make sure that all my tweets are terrible because there's not enough character space because I got to like add in the year. Yeah, it's very stressful. I'm bad at nano. <laughs> what was I calling? I was calling it Nano Crimo earlier today. <laughs> I was like weeping about it. I sent out. Yeah, I was using the I was using the hashtag earlier and was like sending out things about how. Like a hundred percent of the pages you don't write are shameful or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really feed off negativity. Like everyone's like so positive with it. They're like, "Oh yeah, you can do it," you know. And like our agency is doing like a set of like really like thoughtful blog posts and stuff. One day, and, yeah. one every day, and, written by our authors. And I'm like out there saying like, if you don't do this, like you can feel nothing but shame and failure for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is how I feel sometimes. I don't have a very positive relationship. So we're seven days into Nano. Oh yeah. Uh, for the next three weeks, folks, I'm going to be checking in on Print Run to make sure that Eric's mental state is not degrading past the point of me having a funny co-host. It is degrading. No, my mental state is degrading. I mean, you every time because it turns the whole month into a state of being where you should constantly be writing, where everything you're doing is the wrong thing to be doing. And that in turn is paralyzing and it means that I have to like get up and handle all my chores. Like right there, it's like middle of the day and it's because it's NaNoWriMo. It's like 11.15 in the morning and I'm like doing all the dishes because I'm like freaked out about having not written yet. And it's it's all very Wait, bad. I'm, I'm confused. How does Nano have to do with you taking care of your home? Okay. Okay. So this is the thing. And most writers, I feel like will sympathize with this is it's time to write, right? Like you've been thinking about it all day. You've been working. You've been doing whatever. And you're like, all right, time to write. Set aside this time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get my little cup of coffee. I'm going to put on whatever little sweater. I have a sweater that I wear to write. It's a private Uh, sweater. It's It's it's, got holes all over it. No, it's not like a a pretentious sweater. Like let's be – it's like a dish rag. It's it's a travesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you get it all set up, right? Like you're going to do this thing. You're going to sit down. And then as soon as you sit down – Suddenly, every single possible tiny little household task you have immediately becomes the most pressing thing that your brain can even think of as a means of distracting from the one possibility of your actual productivity, which is writing. 
It's like my most the, the best my house ever looks is when I should be writing. <laughs> like it's when I should suddenly, you be writing at my house? It's like suddenly my dishes are done, the floor has been swept. I'm like I like went and one time I went and bought pledge and like did all the wood surfaces in my home. Like seriously? Yeah, yeah. No, I went and bought because I didn't <laughs> want to write because I, because the greatest motivating factor in my life so far has been not writing. Like. I go and buy chemicals to then go home. Mm, got got to so, go get that Clorox. So you've got, you've been lemon pledging your woodwork instead of completing your pledge to complete Nano. Oh, wow, wow. Boom. That was bad. That was Boom. bad. You know, you well, get, you're the one with the gong. You don't get any point. I do have a gong. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, keep up with keep up with Nano Rimo. We're going to be following Eric and his Nano. Nano Rimo is good. It's a positive experience for everyone, but apparently me. Everyone is like churning out page after page after page, and I'm like writing a paragraph and then like realizing that my bathtub is dirty. Um, <laughs> but your kitchen has never looked better. Oh no, it's it. My home is beautiful right now. Please come over. I'll sit around and sulk and watch the election. It'll be, <laughs> like, I'm painting a pretty. I feel like I'm painting a pretty bleak picture of myself here today. But you know what? That's just that's just called being honest. That's just good podcasting. It's just called. Eric during nano. <laughs> Hashtag Eric during nano. Yeah. Love it. Well, why don't why don't we move on to something that, that has been painted as a little bit more hopeful mm-hmm. for the book world, other Please. than you pledging your wood surfaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Please. cleaning your tub. Let's hope let's hope the book world doesn't rely on me pledging my wood surfaces. Actually, we should hope that it does because they're very nicely pledged. There, there you um, go. If like publishing should hope that it relies on whether or not my coffee table is clean, because let me tell you, folks, it is. I am very proud of you because I only clean once a week, and even then, it's very half-hearted. Yeah, well, it's very yeah. half-hearted. Uh, so let's let's talk about talk about our our perhaps biggest topic this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned conferences at the very beginning yes. of the show yes, and we love were mentioning, love conferences. we were mentioning writers conferences. Well, folks, now we're bringing it back around and we're talking about trade show conferences. Ugh. So Eric, explain to the people what BEA or Book Expo America is. I have to explain. You've what been B- there more than me. I have to me. explain what BEA is. I think technically... People would call BEA just like the largest book publisher trade show or like all of the publishers set up booths and like try to impress each other. And like there's some guest authors, you know, that do some readings and various things. And it's just kind of like a display of the book industry. For booksellers, librarians. Yeah, and it's for other book people. It's like internal facing. Yep. So Eric um, and I went to BEA this year because it was in Chicago and it was close. In but, retrospect, Chicago is a stupid place to have BEA. <laughs> Uh, and well, mostly was... so we didn't get to what BEA actually is, which is oh. like people being crabby that they have to either walk around a showroom floor all day or stand and hawk books. They don't really like that much. Um, no one is happy at BEA. Accurate. And they were even less happy in Chicago. Yeah, it's a very it's a very somber place. Yeah. Yeah. And so BEA, um, BEA is accompanied by something in the recent years, which is so BEA is a trade show. It's during the week. It's like. Thursday, yeah. Friday, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something that's bookended, ha, huh, to the back end of I, BEA. I didn't enjoy that. Bookcon? No. Oh, the, my joke. The joke. I, oh, for the well, record. For the well, <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to have to deal. I'm, apparently, I'm making dad jokes today, and you're just going to have to be okay with it. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, so 
BEA has a second part of it. It kind of runs directly after it called BookCon. Yeah. And BookCon is a public facing convention. It's open to readers, but really it's it's very much bloggers, people, you know, they've got fancy authors there that are best selling and there's lots of lines. And I'm guessing that if I ever die in this world through anything other than old age, Eric, mm-hmm. I'm going to die in a stampede of book bloggers the way that Mufasa died from an ant, from a herd yeah. stampede in The Lion King. Yeah. I'm it's, guessing. It's a mess. I have avoided uh, book con because I, I don't want to see any of those people. Like I don't, I don't like going to conventions anyway. But I especially don't like going to conventions that like <laughs> are like public facing and like where you have to like interact with, I don't know, everyone. Well, like see, it just the becomes thing. the wild west, and I just get like scared and sad. <laughs> like, so here's the thing: <laughs> we as agents really yeah. don't have any reason to go. No, we're just wanderers. Like so, so that's the thing, right? Is like I until this year I was at publishing houses, right? And so I went to BEA. As someone who had to like stand in one of the stupid booths and like hawk books to people with the publicist, yeah, 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 and like get yelled at when whatever book of the minute is not on the front table isn't you know positioned correctly. I you know it's just it's just a mess. It's such a stupid event, and none of my experiences are good with it. Like it it's it was mostly like me being reduced to like trying to figure out like if the stack of books I was making was like pretty enough for people to stop. It would be like if I put like five in a stack here and then like put the little pretty little shelf up and put one outward facing. I was like basically trying to. And then have them like fanned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to fan them out sometimes. Some like Hachette I feel like always has that like weird pyramid of books. And it's like did that take you like 40 years to set that up? <laughs> and I get like I really like, want to kick it down every time I see it. But, oh, yeah. Where, where it's basically like yeah, a yeah, well yeah. made yeah, of books. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay, like a so, whole. They've so like picture, made the Taj Mahal out of galleys yeah, yeah. and shit. Yeah, it, it's So you not guys good. picture like a, a a well that that is built up the sides with like bricks. Yeah. They but with books. Yeah. And there's nothing in the middle but like a backache. Yeah. Because you're carrying so many books. It's no good. That's what they do. Okay, so but we we didn't just pick BEA as a topic today to talk about it. There was actually we actually found something that we wanted to Yeah. So they're they're of so the new BEA, the 2017 BEA, yeah. is coming in about eight months. Yeah. So it's time to talk about it right. in the book world. Right. Uh, there have been some changes, Eric, and I want to... Oh, they've changed BEA. They've decided to finally change it. They're finally changing it. And so are I... They cancel- are they canceling it? No, unfortunately. Why aren't they canceling Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you about the changes. So yeah, Eric, you... Eric doesn't really know <laughs> what's going on, but I, he... refu- I refused to read an article about BEA. Yeah. I wasn't so, gonna so I'm going to tell him about these changes and we're going to talk about whether or not they're a good idea. Um, so the first change is that they're changing the name from BEA, which is Book Expo America. Yeah, I hated that name. Next. They're changing it to Book Expo because they don't... <laughs> What, they dropped the America? Because... We looked at the problem yeah. and we're like, you know what the problem is? It's it's America. The, the election's getting to them, too. They're mad, too. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So so they've dropped America off because, the title. Because that'll they want fix it. to yeah, be... Yeah, that'll make this conference because good. Because they want to be a global conference, oh, not... Oh, my God. Not an American Fucking conference. Fucking kill me. Continue. Um, so, and well, BA, a global conference, I feel like it mostly... How many global people... 
global people, global publishers or companies. I mean, are at this thing. Like, like nobody wants to like come to America for a fun conference. Like if you're gonna imagine, cross- imagine going overseas to be EA. Ugh. Imagine like crossing the Atlantic Ocean. I would I would cross the sea to go to the London Book Fair or to go to the Frankfurt Frankfurt Book sure. Fair. Those are like reasonable places where But people you can like go congregate. on vacation there too. Right, right, I mean right. technically this no, is no, in New here, York. Yeah, but you end up stranded at the Javits Center, which is like the sixth layer of hell out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um so they're changing it to Book Expo because America isn't good enough. Yeah. Yep. So someone needs to make it great again. I think. It's- <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we're so we're cutting America. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so they are quote bringing the show back to its core. What's okay? So let me guess. First of all, here's the core of the show. The core of the show is like tired, milk toast people wandering around in lanyards. But is that what we're getting back Close. to? What are we actually? <laughs> so what? What the core of BEA or I as should say declared by Book BEA. Expo? Please as, tell me what. As declared by BEA. Oh yeah, we'll quit saying the A because we're no longer American. Whatever. Here. Yeah. Uh, it's in two parts. Okay. Number one is to to have interactions between publishers and their customers. Oh, nice. Yeah, great. And the second part is showcasing authors to the media. Hmm. Man. Yeah. No. I've had. I've been to a lot of signings. Like here, this is the other thing that happens at BEA, right? Is like you bring, you bring whatever author of the front list out, right? If you're a publisher, it's like okay, which one of our front list authors are we having at BEA this year? And you get one to come out, and unless you're like, unless it's like an actual celebrity, no one comes to their signing. And it's really sad. Yeah. So we basically all basically the publishing strategy here is to just bring the most your most promising author sit him or her at a table at which no one will come talk to him or her and then just let them like stew in the fact that like apparently no one wants to read their book so, like that's it's a really it's a really good strategy no it really just demoralizes everyone it makes the publicist angry it makes the author feel like they're completely worthless so um, why do no, why does nobody show up like well, why well, why is nobody interested well, tell me about this well first of all because there's no readers at BEA it's all book people. Like, so why having am I, a famous why, author doesn't matter. Why do I have? Why are we having a book signing full of people in fr- that aren't like the general public? That's a good point. It just it, I, it doesn't make any sense. I know there's like that convent, you know, book con at the end, but it's like, why are we taking our favorite, you know, our favorite author, the one that we want to showcase to the world? It's like, I don't want them to see this. Like, this is like taking. This is like showing your author how the sausage gets made in the worst way because it's like this sad conference and you're just demoralizing it. It's just terrible. And showcasing them to the media. But the thing is, is a show like this is not where the stories get made. That's not where the media gets made. The story gets made when the the reviewer of the New York Times is at their desk and they're reading a book that the that was sent to them and that was decided on. This is the story that gets made from BEA every year. Is you always look because that's the thing, right? Is all these media people go as though it's like going to be this, you know, they're going to get all this great content about books that they're going to then write about. It always ends up, it's like some listicle where it's like the five best things at BEA or the 10 best things at BEA. Or the biggest buzz. Yeah, the bi- and it's like, yeah, the biggest buzz. And it's always just like a bulleted list and like three of them are just like big five houses and then the other one is always like some, I don't know, some smaller house. You know, usually it's like a Melville house or like a tin house or something, you know, some, some other like kind of cool smaller publisher. 
And it's like that great article, man. Like you, you could have like, did you? I feel like you could have written that before the thing. But there's no it actual. Probably was. There's no there was actual press releases. Yeah, you about just BEA. you just show up and like eat in whatever city you're in for you know four days. It, it's just so silly. So a fun fact about that listicle is if you get arcs or galleys um arcs are advanced reader copies also known as galleys yeah they hand okay so that is the one that is the one good thing about bea is they hand out a lot of free stuff books free books yeah um but so the thing about that is that very often so so the back of the the arc so the the front is sometimes the actual cover sometimes they don't have a cover yet and basically it's the inside so that early you know so the reviewers and booksellers can can read it and order it before the book comes out. Yeah. So the back has usually the blurb, but then the black off the back often has uh, advanced praise and it has a marketing plan and it doesn't you know it doesn't have the barcode because it's not for sale. It basically has the specs for the book and then it has the marketing plan. I hated putting this together as an editor, by the way, because it was always like because you had to have whenever we decided which books were getting BEA galleys. All of a sudden, you had to have like blurbs and stuff way, way, way in advance, like earlier than you were planning. And so, like, suddenly I'm asking to like have a manuscript blurb that has barely even been edited, and like no one will do it. And suddenly, we've got this like galley that looks terrible because it doesn't have like what all this like copy on the back. So, like, it's just. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, here's what you end up doing. Here's the trick. Yes. You end up using prior praise for the author. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if it's like What if they're a debut? Uh you just go find you go find something. You mm. get their friend to blurb it. You get like their mom, you know? <laughs> their mom. You get like it's especially <laughs> it's especially good if mom has like a different last name Ooh. than the author because then they don't know it's mom. They That's think it's nice. like a person. Yeah, you just like yeah, it, it's it's a mess. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. But so here's the thing about that marketing yeah. that marketing section yeah. where it says, you know, what the plan is. Very often, like a big part of the marketing plan is that it's, you know, like selected as a buzz book at BEA. And these are books that are handed out at BEA. Right. And so I feel like just printing that on there, like it might give them more weight than actually being at the conference. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. And that's kind of the truth of book publicity with some of that stuff. It's like you can just kind of make up things. So, yeah, it's a buzz book, a buzzworthy book at BEA. Like, why? What does that mean? Like, does that just mean that There are that we, bees inside of they, it. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are no bees at BEA. There are um, no bees anywhere, Eric. They're they're endangered. Uh, well, so is so is publishing. So. <laughs> um, That's bleak. Okay, so give me an, give me another change. I'm gonna give for, you a good one. Give me a good one. I'm gonna give you a good okay. one. BEA has been reduced from 2.5 days to two days. Excellent. So we're well on our way to the target number of days, which is zero. <laughs> um, this is good so now we're down to we're down to two days so that gets rid of that stupid half day though that half day was nice because you spend the rest of the half day like wandering around and like taking all the galleys that you wanted from yeah. your like your other friends yeah. at your other houses yeah. yeah yeah and so another change is that they've limited non-publishing attendees to six thousand people. So in some places there have been so wait, over ten thousand. So they were. It was over. T- so I won't, let's make this is an interesting point. Um, they were at about ten. They used to let about ten thousand people in. You're saying yes. And now it's down to six. Now 000. it's down. And so here's, and can you yeah please describe to me 
the sort of person that they are now cutting down on being allowed to show up. So, well, okay. So they're capping the number of, quote, non-publisher attendees. Right. So the people that aren't part of the professional trade audience. So these are not booksellers. They're not librarians. They're not whatever. Publishing adjacent. Publishing is how I've adjacent. Heard this politely put. Um. So they. So these. We're talking book bloggers. We're talking reviewers. We're talking. You know the yeah. the kind of the bloggers. Yeah. The general. We have cut four thousand bloggers. So out here. Of the so here is my favorite line from yeah, yeah, this yeah, article. Please, please. Um. So they're talking about this this limiting. They say yep. through more rigorous application process, Reed, who is the company that produces Book Expo uh-huh. or BEA will limit the number of bloggers, independent authors, and consultants. Quote, we are not trying to be exclusionary, McDonald said. So McDonald is the guy that runs it. We're not trying to be exclusionary. We're just trying to reduce the number of people that come to this in half. We're not trying to be exclusionary. We are trying to ensure that we have the people in the aisles that our exhibitors want to meet with. So, that so is basically, the biggest say, burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's not that we don't want it's it's not that we're trying to exclude people. It's that we only want people that people like to come. But here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. The yeah. second tenant of Book Expo or BEA or whatever the hell you want to call it, the second tenant of that is that they want to showcase authors to the media. So basically, they don't want the media there. So this is, I mean, it's just, I mean, really the subtext here is that no one wants this conference to actually happen. <laughs> we've reduced the number of days. We've reduced the number of people. We've told, we've told, you know, Roger, whoever from, you know, awesomebooks.com that he's not allowed to show up and ask a bunch of annoying questions of publishers anymore. They've like, also, it's, you know, they've also, this is, this is something you might like that also feeds your point that they're like not going to want aren't anybody named there. Roger. No, I don't think I, any get, I just named a random blogger Roger, and I feel like there aren't very many bloggers. <laughs> Roger, if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Please call in. Um, <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? I'm okay, sorry to so so another another thing. Yeah. Um, is wait, where where is the the readership? So the the reason that they're cutting these book bloggers, indie authors, et cetera, they basically want to focus this audience. Because the focus, um, it's mostly been. Who is the audience? If we're reducing, if there's no, if we're cutting out media, like who, who actually knows? comes to this? Then who knows? I guess like it's just like major papers yeah, they, and stuff. They don't want indie authors. They don't want consultants. They don't want bloggers. They're actually cutting. So last year and the year before, they ran something called you publish you or something like that and it was basically a <laughs> a independent self-publishing track uh, for indie authors yeah sure so they're cutting that yeah get rid of that yeah. but here's what they're doing that you're not gonna like eric okay they're expanding book con from one day to two days <laughs> so book con if you oh, uh so, can't, if you so don't it's remember just even more use hold on it's just even more useless then because we're cutting out so actually, the thing with cutting out four thousand bloggers is that's even less. That's even less people that can come, like, be bodies in the line to get my off to watch my author have a book signed. Like, it's you know, if there was if there were no lines at book signings before at BEA, now there are definitely no lines because we've cut out all the people who have time to stand in line because the people and, who stand in line at and BEA all the people that want the free books are the ones that don't have to be anywhere. Like the most, the thing with BEA is that everyone has a, a job to go do. Like it's I you have to go stand at the booth for nine hours. You have to do all this stuff. So it's like if you remove all the foot, like basically, the this, foot traffic. Co- this conference had they've cut out the foot traffic. 
So now it's just empty. It's just going to be like silent, empty hallways while we all stay. <laughs> <laughs> but then what they're doing yeah. is they're adding foot traffic the next day. Okay. So after BA yeah. is over, there's something called BookCon, yeah. which I mentioned before, but that's basically reader facing. So that's when consumers come in and instead of buying books that they will later, they get free arcs of the books that they would have bought before. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. What you definitely want to do in book publishing is take your entire, you know, you print a book, you know, sign sign a book, get ready to publish it. And then as soon as you've got it ready, let everybody who was going to buy the book into a conference where they can then take a copy of it for free. Yep. So we're talking yeah. 25,000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Perfect. Over two days. Yeah. What you want to do is cut your sales in half by just giving the book to everyone who is going to shell out for it on day one. And here's, and here's the best. Yeah. Um, they're, they're making tweaks to BookCon to quote, create more interactions between authors, fans, and media. And they're looking to expand what types of books, because, you know, like the YA is really popular and whatever is really popular. Okay. So real quick, let's, let's clarify that BookCon is, it's a bit, like we said, it's a public facing book event and the people it's, it's kind of the same people who go to any sort of convention. It's a lot of like sci-fi and fantasy. It's a lot of young adult. It's, it's all the stuff that's read a lot. It's all the stuff that gets kind of, you know, it's 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 the fun stuff, you know? It's the stuff for teenagers. It's the stuff for people who really like, you know, science fiction and, I don't know, it's that kind of stuff. Mystery readers, like the people that it's read. Of, it's a lot of genre fiction, People basically. that read more yeah. than one book a year. Um, but so here's the thing. They're trying really hard to change that demographic because... Uh, thus far, BookCon has been, quote, dominated by millennial females. Oh, God. Me, me and BookCon have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're all getting dominated by millennial females. All right. So, conti- please continue. So, so basically, they're uh, saying, okay, so we're not yeah. letting you into BEA yeah. when you can actually be of use to get these books signed. Yeah. We're having you in to get free books, you know, even if you're just a reader, even if you're not, you know, a blogger or whatever. We're having you in here. But the people that really want to be here, we don't want to, like, focus on them because there's too many and they've been dominating it. So yeah. we're going to expand it to everybody. Well, like, like, all, like all things in publishing, women are too represented. <laughs> what about the and, men, Eric? Yeah, like, I mean, what I want to know is, and what I want to ask BEA is, when when is the war on men going to end? <laughs> like, when? <laughs> can you, <laughs> like, can you imagine if, like, this like this conference room? It's like, you know, what the problem is? There's, there's too many women at this thing. How can we make this more manly? So, like, what do you, like? What would you do? Just like run a pickup <laughs> artist game in the bar. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, something like that. I'd like here's yeah. Here's my favorite part about all of this though. Mm. In their expansion, they're talking about creating uh what they're calling a family headquarters. Oh my god, all we need that, is BEAs to don't tell me they're gonna start bringing children. We can't have children at BEA. A show floor that will feature quote interactive events for children and their parents. <laughs> oh there are gonna be children like, okay, at actually, BEA. Actually, the, this is promising because what I would really like to have happen is in the middle of the like just get rid of like Cut like four or five publishers from this event and in their place, like take that booth space and put a ball pit. <laughs> and what we can do is we can all just like when we're just like tired and angry that we work in this stupid industry, we can go and just jump in the ball pit and just like sit there in like our own filth. Fun fact when I was in college, mm. Uh, during finals week or yeah. hell week, which yeah, is yeah. which is the week of study before finals I'm sure happen. You did call it that at Grinnell, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, they made us a ball pit. They had a 
ball pit. We had a ball pit. We also had puppy day. And then the, oh the and then God. the local uh, the local <laughs> firefighters came and made us this pancakes. This country is doomed. The lo- <laughs> Oh, okay. So now I want to talk about that. You had a, something called Puppy Day. It was puppies and pancakes. Puppies and pancakes. So, so, so local puppies were brought in to cuddle with us, and then in the same room, the local firefighters were making pancakes. And then we walked in, and we got to cuddle some puppies and eat some pancakes. And so, you know, related question: the student loans are are still well. You're knee deep in them still, right? Uh, like oh, ankle deep. Okay. I'm okay. Ankle deep. Good. No, that's good. I mean, you want to make sure that you're unearthing yourself from puppies and pancakes day. It was a volunteer. <laughs> it was volunteer. Just so you know, yeah, yeah, we yeah. also once had a petting zoo. Oh man, I need a petting zoo. Yeah. We should have like a live show at a petting zoo sometime. We should. Yeah, I don't know how to incorporate that. I want like, some goats. Like get a goat on the show. Yeah. I love a good goat. Eric yeah. and I both love goats. Anyway, so that's BookCon. So basically, so I've I've been to BookCon once. Uh-huh. Um, it was because one of my authors was doing a signing there. And it was actually yeah. her first signing, which was really great because um, everyone that goes to BookCon is a harpy. <laughs> <laughs> Your word, not mine. Uh, they're all harpies. I, I would never call women that. And it's not because they're women. It's just because <laughs> there's a bunch of screeching people in a gigantic auditorium that are coming in. In this big conference center, and they're running around and grabbing things and actually like fighting each other for books. There are some fights. That's a that's a real highlight of this event. Is there are some fights. When it opens, there is literally a stampede. So when I said that, like I envisioned being killed like Mufasa was in The Lion King, Mm -hmm. I wasn't kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just get trampled. I remember you and I went in right at the right as the doors opened because we had meet we had a meeting. At BEA. Yeah last year or at BookCon last year and so we had a meeting and we were going to find our meeting and then there were people literally running and like hitting us as they ran past and like reaching and grabbing a handful of books from a pile and then running to the next pile and running to the next pile it's honestly it's honestly like looting like these people just come in and just start taking stuff yes it's basically yeah it, they're it's pirates not- <laughs> they're book pirates and not even the good kind yeah so I mean, maybe maybe my BEA experience was bad because all the books that I edited when I was actually in-house and having to stand in a booth for someone, um, they were not BEA books. They were books that did not appeal to the sort of person who came to these events. Like I was working on serious nonfiction, right, like the kind of like dad book that we've kind of mentioned before. And it was like I'd be like standing there and like some teenager would come up to me and be like, hey, what books do you have? And I'd be like – Here's this like World War II history, and you could just see his eyes glaze over as it's like my job, and it's like my job to sell them on this, right? And like in the like five <laughs> steps behind me, my boss is like staring at me like crossly. <laughs> so like I have to like, no, like, it's super really, cool. Yeah, I There's... have to like really like instead of just being like we've got nothing for you, man. I have to like try to sell him on this World War II book, even though he like is like kind of already eyeing over the the house next to us, you know. It was it was a disaster. The whole thing is a disaster. Um, I I'm terrible at pitching books in person like that. Like I worked with some coworkers who were really really good at it, and they were like able to kind of draw people in and talk to them and like do all this stuff, and then they'd like come to me and I'd like have my whole pitch ready and I would just totally freeze, and they would and they say, "Oh, what's this one about?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. It's a good one," and then they <laughs> they would like stare at me sadly and I would stare at them sadly. 
and we would all move on. You know, it's really funny because your job is literally pitching books to strangers now. Yeah, but I don't do it in person at a convention hall when I've had like no food and I'm like feeling sad about the fact that I'm like in a the job itself. That's true. The sandwiches there cost literally fifteen dollars. Oh yeah, no, you might as well just gouge these people. I mean, they have no concept of price and value anyway. I mean, it's publishing, so you might as well make them pay. I mean, they should charge they should charge hardcover price for the sandwiches. They should charge twenty nine ninety five. That's what we think things are worth. Like, let's start charging that for like. Oh, you like that little plastic parfait? Yeah, that's seventeen ninety nine paperback I price. I do You're love a have. good parfait. Yeah, though. I know you'd probably pay the seventeen dollars if someone asked you to. I would so. pay seven. I'd yeah, pay seven you say for that. a parfait. You say that, but you're not delirious in a conference hall. That's your, true. Your value but scale changes. But here's the thing, Eric. You saw this. I carry around food snacks in my bag. Yeah. Remember, remember it. when I had those pea pods? Yeah, I, I do walk around these things like a toddler asking for snacks. <laughs> It's not good. Um, anyway, so apparently BEA is getting better by getting closer to erasing itself, I think is the point. Which here. Eric's really excited about. But everybody, take this with a grain of salt. If you are in publishing or you are a blogger, like, of course you should go. There's absolutely no reason we should because we're agents, but we just have feelings about it because every time we've gone, it's been very sad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's it, honestly though I prefer it as an agent as opposed to an editor because I hate standing still like that. I know especially, you pace a lot, especially when it's you're like standing there trying to look friendly and the person in charge of you is like like sitting comfortably behind you, making sure you're like smiling and like propping the books up. Like it's just it's it's a hellscape. I like attending though because as an attendee, oh, you, when you, you can wander around, you get yeah. to do all your Christmas shopping. Yeah, that's true. You can Rem- just steal stuff. And yeah. Like, yeah. So, so I, yeah. you know, so if if you have a choice between going to Book Expo or Book Expo America or whatever you want to call it, well, not America. Going, I don't want to call it America. Don't it's call not it America, America anymore. This is not Budweiser. People. This is the work of the globalists. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so if if you have a choice between doing that and then going to um, your local independent booksellers trade show so like in in midwest in the midwest we have what's called the heartland fall forum which is which is sponsored by our midwest independent booksellers association that conference is on fire yeah because it's this it's it's a lot smaller of a hall there's no lines for books there are people that actually want to be there and you can walk away with like four totes of books there's life in the eyes of the people who you make eye contact pleasant interactions it's it's lovely. Yeah. So if you're a bookseller, if you're a blogger, whatever, look, bigger isn't always better. Yeah. Bigger. Well, I mean, definitely come next year when BEA gives us a giant print run stage and makes us like the main attraction of the whole event. I yeah. assume, I assume we'll, we're going to be getting that invite any day now. So you'll see us right next um, to the uh, the Hachette. Pyramid. It'll be like yeah, it'll be like us and James Patterson, and then like whatever NBA player that shows up randomly every oh, year. Oh yeah, ooh ooh, who? It was who? Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Kareem Abdul Jabbar yeah. was at who the wrote last a children's BEA. Book? Kareem's like writing children's books now. Well, he's um, written adult books too. He's very good at it. Yeah. Uh, he writes mysteries. He wrote a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Kareem, or he he Kareem's wrote a Mycroft. He wrote a Mycroft Holmes mystery. Someday we can have. Or this sounds like something we won't be doing on the show. We can have a debate over which current NBA player will later write children's books and mysteries. But mm. that's a topic for another day. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. See. Ooh, that's a good question. See, see, 
who's the who's the um, LeBron James? Yeah, I'm voting for LeBron. Yeah, we've reached the end of the number of basketball players. I, know. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you probably <laughs> just named <laughs> LeBron. Doesn't strike me as a children's book writer. Well, maybe you know. I don't know. He's, he's kind of little... charming. Oh, he's very charming, but I feel like. Uh, I don't know. Oh, fun fact about famous people not being famous at BEA. So being famous in real life does not equate to being famous or well-respected at these big events. Right. Uh, when we were at BEA, the lead person of Corn, like the the metal band. <laughs> I remember this guy. Corn. He had he, that hair. He had the hair. So yeah. he was just standing there. Like they didn't even give him a table. No he one? was just standing there. And he and he looked lost, and he's like he's he's performed in front of like literally tens of thousands take, of people. So, but so take the lead. So picture Corn, take the lead singer of Corn, with a giant long. He had dreads, right? Yeah. Like yeah, he had these giant blonde dreadlocks, that sort of dude, tats, all that kind of stuff, and just stick him like behind a nice little desk with a little stack of books, and like it was like a podium, and it like wasn't next even a to desk. a nice, you know, young publicist who's in like business casual, and in like a conference hall, and, and it's it. like the most anti corn thing you can make. This and guy. not a single person. Talk oh to no him. one! Yeah, no one wants to hear from that dude. Can you? This thing. Can these, you imagine these somebody? People are all scared of him. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody like that far out and like that famous? Yeah, being at event where being at an event where no one, yeah, even cares. Yeah, no one even cares. Well, yeah, book people don't care about that much stuff. Is the problem? I mean, so. I I was <laughs> I was thinking like my thirteen yeah. year old self was like kind of into it. Well, I was into it. I just wanted I just wanted. He was like taking pictures with people. It was it was fun. But because nobody wanted a book signed, they just wanted you know like yeah, three yeah. people. No, they I wanted think a picture with the funny looking man. Over that, two that days, kind of yeah. they there we saw like two people there, yeah. and then he was taking pictures with yeah. them. But anyway, yeah. so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, however, made a killing. Yeah, he did. He's people, extraordinarily tall. People come to see Kareem. I mean, wouldn't you? I wanted him to, but I would have asked him to like skyhook the galley to me or something and he would have like told me to move along and that would have been embarrassing so i don't know what that means well, but okay that's okay um so i don't feel like we have any kind of final thing to say about bea other than um other than that it's improving by making itself less yes like it's every year maybe it'll like reduce the size and reduce the length and reduce the people and eventually we just won't have to go and well we now, don't have to go now well you say that I do say that because we're agents <laughs> and that's not what we do. Oh, well, you yeah. uh, <laughs> So it's time. It's time to get to our, our tip at the end of every episode. So sometimes we do pub tips. Sometimes we do write tips. Today, folks, is a write tip. Oh, good. Hashtag write tip. Eric, you're going to need this. Oh yeah, so this this is for me this week because I'm this writing is, and I'm I'm doing NaNoWriMo. So Laura, please give me the tip. This is for you. I need, I okay, so my my tip for this week: if you're doing Nano or even if you're not, if uh-huh. you're you know if you're struggling to write something, writing a book is fucking hard, right? So really, my advice to you is to treat writing like it's going to work. What I mean by that is you know have a specific work workspace. You know, like I don't care if it's your couch, just make sure that you stay consistent and that you're identifying where you're sitting and what you're doing as a place where you do work not a place where you watch episodes of black mirror 
Laura. Now I'm talking to myself. Um, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> so have a workspace, have a routine to begin your work process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if that means having a cup of coffee, if that means cleaning your dishes. Oh, there's, yeah, definitely, definitely clean the dishes. Like all great American novels have, little known fact, every great novel you've ever read was written immediately after doing the dishes. <laughs> true story. True. Totally true. I believe that. Yeah. So, so you know, like have your routine. Use yeah. your routine to settle into the mind space that you need to write. Um, some of you might benefit from having a specific time that you write. Eric, I know you wake up and try to write before you start work. Yeah, so that's really good. I really like getting up and trying to write before I do anything else in my day because that way when I fail, I can feel that pall of failure all day. Like it's like if I if you fail to write in the beginning of the day, then you can feel like a failure for the entire rest of it the day. It must be really interesting to be in your head. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. It it is good to just get up and it's like, a habit. Do it, and that is, it is kind of a habit. So it's a habit. So you know, like if if you're a person that works better with habits, awesome. Create a habit. Create a time, even if it's only 15 minutes. You know, make it so that that 15 minutes is sacred. If you're not somebody that works on habits. You know, there's there's this common writing wisdom that you need to write every day that yes. you need to do that, which isn't that which is bullshit. Like, it's oh. totally bullshit. Oh, man. So you think that's bullshit? I do. Because there's not. I think we should debate this. So, maybe. so there's not one right way to write a book because there's not one way that creativity works. Yeah. But sometimes it's not. A, so I see your point And you're right that you should do what feels natural. and You should put yourself in a space where. When you sit down to write, you're not in this frame of mind that is uncomfortable or weird. It's like you're there when you want to be there, and then you can produce the words that you want to produce. Yeah. But it's also like you have to – It's but your first tip was treat this like a job. And I don't go to my job only when I want to. I go to my job when I have to, which is every day. And it's like it's the same thing as writing ideally, right? It's like you sit down, and if you just make yourself follow that routine, it's, it's why you have structure. It's like you sit down. And you, so so here's here's you get into this headspace every time, and the more frequently you do it, even when you don't want to, your brain will snap into place. So that's true for some people, but I didn't say treat it like a job. I said treat it like work. So there's there's a slight difference there for some people. (laughs) So for some people, it does work that they you know they do it five days a week. They do it at the same time. They you know put the clothes on that make that like tells their brain that they're doing it. For some people, like life doesn't work that way. And I don't want anybody out there who, you know, who has kids, who has, you know, other responsibilities to think that, you know, whatever time they manage to sure. squeeze out doesn't mean that they're right. And it well, also their sense. brain doesn't work that way. That makes sense. So instead of treating it like it's a job where you go to whether or not you're in the mind frame or not five days a week for 40 hours, instead treat it like you're going to work. So even if you can only do it once a week, treat it like something that matters is what I'm saying. So whatever you need to do to to put it in your mind frame to make sure that you're taking time for yourself to do it, treat it like it's work. It doesn't need to be a job. It doesn't necessarily need to be a burden unless that works for you. And it works for many people. So I think of it, so it works for me. And I it's because I think of it like exercise, which is like if, you, if I go for a run one day, it makes the run the next day easier because... I'm in a little bit better shape, you know, and you get better over time. Whereas it's like with writing, 
if I take like five days off, I'm going to show up to write and I'm going to be out of shape. I'm not going to, my brain isn't going to be ready to snap back into place. It's like you have to get yourself, you have to train, you know, you're, it's like starting a new workout regimen. Like the first couple days, you, they're going to hurt and they're not going to be pleasant and you're going to have to go through it and fight through anyway to make progress. And you are such an athlete. (laughs) I'm just saying like sometimes like, I do believe this, though. I do. So you're all your points about writing, and I know we're going a little long here, but we're going to finish this. Um, you're all your points about doing it when you're comfortable and doing it when you're able and all that kind of stuff and when it feels right, that's totally true. But it's also true that sometimes you have to write when you don't want to. Yes. And if you're going to write something, you have to, because you're not always going to want to, because if I, if you only did things when you wanted to, you would never do anything consistently. You would never do your dishes. (laughs) Well, I always want to do the dishes because I should always be writing. And so, um, (laughs) but it just, I, I, at least for me, I have always kind of thought of it as, you know, training, you know, working, like trying to do something that's routine based, that's habit based, that's kind of, I don't know, rote memory base. Like I feel like that headspace is something that kind of, you know, you can get used to it. And that's that's when you're at your best. When you're not when you're not spending all that energy getting into the right space, but it's just easy to get there and then you can spend all your brain power actually doing the thing. Right. So whatever, I mean, figure out what works for you. But that's you. for me. So that's your point. That's yeah, on, that's kind of your point. Do whatever too. works for you, but no matter what works for you, treat it like it's work. Treat it like it's important. And that's kind of my that's kind of my end final tip. Sure. You know, whatever that that minutia is that makes that true for you. Yeah. Awesome. Do it. Yeah. But treat it like it matters. Mm-hmm. So on that note, I'd like to end us with a few reminders. Uh, remember that November seventeenth is our first first pages show. Yeah, submit to that. That'll be really fun. We'll kind of like the query show. We'll go through. We'll go through line by line on some of these pages. You know, it'll just be one page per thing. We're not going to read like a chapter of someone's book out loud. But like, um, you know, we'll just critique your first few paragraphs. We'll talk about what's working, what isn't, how to get things in the first page that are really evocative and good. Um, think more, probably more likely things to avoid, which is like half the battle with some of this stuff, but it'll be, it should be a really good show. So if you have some pages, submit. So send it to us at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. Um, the query shows up, listen to it. If you want to listen to the next one, uh, become a patron on Patreon. You can go on to patreon.com and search for print run. Um, for $5 a month, you can see our query show for $10 a month. You can have our query and our first pages show. Um, and of course, no matter what you can always submit to us, but you know, if we, if you submit to us and we do your show and you're not a patron, then you'd probably want to hear it still. Yeah. So you should be a patron anyway. So one more free episode this, the 17th, and then they'll be subscription based. Absolutely. And so we're really excited about that because it'll let us do things like get some fancy new equipment mm-hmm. that will allow us to have guests. Oh, we are definitely going to have guests. More on that soon. We've got some great yeah, people lined we've, up. So. We've got some juicy, juicy ideas coming up, but we just need to crowdfund that little bit more so we can upgrade our equipment. Yeah. Um, so follow us on Patreon. Give to us on Patreon. Send us your stuff at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.